1: Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter.
0: For a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. And we get to hear from you. This week, I'm talking with Andrea Aliseda, a writer, recipe developer, and poet who, in her words, revels in exploring her Mexican roots through food, nostalgia, and history, all through a vegan lens— Which is a lifestyle choice that some might see as at odds with Mexican cuisine and culture, but Andrea's work clearly proves otherwise. We will hear more on this from Andrea later in the show. As Andrea was working on a writing assignment for Epicurious earlier this year, she started digging into what she considered the one family recipe that she had inherited. The creamiest, most complex, most drunk with umami concoction, and yet it's completely vegan and surprisingly simple to make a salsa that had been passed down through four generations. Every cook in Andrea's family started this recipe in basically the same way, with big chunks of onion, garlic, and serrano chilies fried in a good amount of oil, then blended up with some of the savory, spicy oil that they fried in. But then, as it turns out, each of them went their own way. You can put it on everything from tacos to scrambles to sandwiches. At the end of the episode, Andrea has one more surprise for us, too. So stick around for that. But for now, here she is to tell us more about the first time that her mom made this family salsa for her.
2: I was just like blown away at the flavors and how it came together. And um, I remember like she showed it to me and I was and she was like, You'll never guess the secret ingredient, you're never gonna guess. <laughs> and I was like, what? and um so i tasted it and uh she was like it's peanut butter and i was like oh damn like i don't know (laughs) i was like wow like then i don't know it just tasted amazing to me um i think at first uh for my my mom it she like she was making it seem like no this is like your great grandma's recipe like this is how Mm -hmm. it was like always had the peanut butter like that's what makes it so unique yada yada but, um yeah, once I talked to my great aunt, she was like, no, this is the recipe. And then I kept asking about the peanut butter. And she was like, there's no peanut butter. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um And then, yeah, it was like after like I had to talk to my mom again and be like, okay, what's up with the peanut butter? Like, who added the peanut butter in there? And then that's fine when finally she was like, oh, I I added the peanut butter. <laughs> I was like, you should have told me. <laughs> but I wonder maybe she like had a- adapted it and added it like so long ago that maybe she kind of just always like um, associated it with like, oh, this is that salsa. Um, I-, I-, I have her her little notebook actually where-, where she wrote it down.
0: So that's how your mom shared the recipe with you? She ha- Did she have the version she had written down initially when your great grandma taught her?
2: I-, I don't know if it's the exact one. I I can grab it right now. I I have it. Thanks. Okay, this is a little notebook. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's see. So it says Chile Serrano, um, onion, garlic, olive oil, little bit of uh bouillon. Yeah, there is no peanut butter. Yeah, there's no <laughs> peanut butter on this. <laughs> yeah, so she, yeah, she, she definitely added the peanut butter. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. But peanut butter isn't the only genie's secret to this recipe. It might be key to Andrea's mom's version and now hers, but the
1: rest of its backbone comes from great-grandma Guillermina.
0: Would you mind describing how it is that it's made and what you think the keys are to making it so delicious?
2: Oh yeah. Um, so some of the key things I would say are um, infusing the the flavor of like the vegetables you're working with into the oil um, and like thinking of it that way versus thinking of it as like you're like cooking them down or um, frying them or because you are using a lot of oil. Um, and then also another key point would be um, the blending process. Mm-hmm. You want to um, make sure that the salsa doesn't break. And um, I mean, it, I feel like it, it tends to either way, but um, they're, um, just by um, blending it and pouring in the oil slowly as you blend it, I feel like that kind of just like emulsifies it a lot better, um, keeps it from, from breaking. It just makes it look really nice and Mm velvety and smooth and gives it like a really lovely texture. Um, So I feel like those two things are pretty key. Also, you don't want to like overcook the chiles in particular when you're infusing uh, the oil with the vegetables, Um, because if you overcook chiles, they can get kind of bitter.
0: Mm -hmm. How how do you think each? person who has made this salsa in your family would serve it or did serve it
2: well when I talked to my great aunt she said that they served it kind of like with um meaty dishes like um with like carne asada or yeah just kind of like maybe like red meats mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and my mom my mom she 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 loves dipping it with bread <laughs> mm-hmm. with like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a, like a French bread, like a baguette or um, slices of, of, of toasted sourdough bread, um, things like that. And um, she kind of likes enjoying it that way. It's really, really good like that as well. Um, and kind of just also like maybe like on, on meaty dishes. um my mom and her husband love to go fishing a lot so they probably like put it over their fish and um over like rice and beans and things Mm -hmm. um I love to have it with oof like so many things like um if we make because I'm vegan if we make like tofu scramble like put it on top of the tofu scramble or if we're making a Mm -hmm. sandwich put it in the sandwich um like putting it in a torta like oh my god, uh, so good <laughs> um, <laughs> with like quesadillas, with the telas, um, I'm sure like tamales, any Mexican uh, meal that starts with a or dish that starts with a T, <laughs> telas, clayudas, tostadas. <laughs> I feel like it would go great with all those things. It's just so savory, and I feel like it has such like umami that it kind of um, it goes really well with like fartier like warm um dishes
0: and if you were making it with your mom now how do you think you would settle how much of the seeds to leave in (laughs) (laughs) well my mom is stubborn
2: in general so she would be like no like we um (laughs) we actually when I was like testing at some point I was like all right you make it like how you make it and I'll make it how I make it um and she was like okay and so she i mean she didn't she left all the seeds intact on on all of the chiles uh and made it really spicy so she definitely will not uh settle for anything less than extremely spicy <laughs> and i just can't so i probably would have to just make my <laughs> my own salsa <laughs> um but like that like if if she had made for example if she had like made me like something like mm. that and I took it home or if I for whatever reason like made it that spicy I would probably just like you do like little dots like on on each bite or something versus kind of like being a little more generous with with my my serving of the of the salsa um so I don't think she would be taking out the seeds anytime soon mm-hmm. and I don't think but I also feel like she probably thinks like my salsa is just not spicy enough <laughs> <laughs> so hers hers is better <laughs> we'll just
0: leave it at that hers is better hers is
2: better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll sweat a little bit but but yeah <laughs> but she she likes hers hers better like even like we, we had like her husband taste us and he was like you know maybe sometimes you should make it like this you should make it less spicy and she was like no 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 that's not how you make it that's not how you make it I'm not gonna make it less spicy <laughs> Um, so she's, she's definitely, uh, very, very, very stubborn in, in, in those ways, which is pretty funny. Um, because even her husband was like, maybe some, sometimes, not all the time. Maybe just sometimes make it less spicy with less seeds. And she's like, nah, (laughs) (laughs) no,
0: (laughs) that's how I make it. Well, it sounds like you've got an ally if you ever want to make it your way too.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah just secretly. Like, <laughs> don't let my mom see you eating
0: this. <laughs> I love that. Well, you're just adding yeah. another chapter to the history of this recipe. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. And
2: not the last. True, true. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how, how it transforms over time. And I'm happy to have been able to to share uh, at least my version of the recipe and see um other people uh, making it at home and you know doing it their own way adding more spice or not or um, just having it like live on in that way is, is is really special
0: hey it's Kristen if you are enjoying learning from Andrea as much as I did head over to the genius recipe tapes and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on other stories like this one and like my recent conversation with Frances Lamb host of The Splendid Table and editor-in-chief of Clarkson Potter, about how he came to terms with eggplant after some fraught beginnings, and how he shapes the books that so many of us cook from. In the second half of this episode, we get to hear more from Andrea about what it's like to write about Mexican food history and culture as a vegan, plus one more special surprise from her. Meet you back here for that. In addition to writing about like sort of the culinary history of your family, you've written a lot about other culinary traditions in Mexico. Is there anything that you have learned about lately that's particularly resonated with you?
2: Oh, man. Um, well, I I just wrote like a huge piece for Epicurious on uh, Nixtamal. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like a dream assignment because um, it was a ton of researching and interviewing and talking to people and... Uh, looking into this process that's really central to our cooking and to our food because I mean um the tortilla for example is essential in in the in the kitchen. Um and uh so learning about what makes tortilla a tortilla y tortilla is the Nixamal process um and kind of learning about how even like maize, for example, it, it wasn't something that kind of just sprouted out of the ground. It was something that took thousands and thousands of years to cultivate. What was it that made them think, oh, let me add some ash, you know, as an alkaline and and boil it with water in this like clay pot and then like boil that with, with the maize. And that's how we're going to make masa. Um, people still don't have an answer as to what was it like the catalyst that made them think like, oh, this is what we need to do in order to make it something that's not only like edible, but like way more nutritious. And then after that, just the process of like grinding it down and like then like from there, like forming all these different types of shapes. Um, um, That was a lot of fun for me.
0: And in all of Andrea's work, she is writing about it through a vegan lens. But while that could seem like a challenge in an often meat heavy cuisine, it's the opposite
2: being part of, of of this culture uh and being vegan oftentimes uh it's it's seen as like oh no well that's like a white thing like you kind of like mexican people eat meat and like that's our culture and like it's kind of like well not necessarily <laughs> like they like so much of our our cuisine is vegetable based and um i mean what makes it mexican is uh the influence of of um the spanish uh colonizing uh but it it it's not the only um part of our cuisine that exists like it's not just um meat and you know like beef and pork and all this like there's so many like indigenous dishes that were around a long time before that that were very heavily uh vegetable based um, and there's so many dishes even now that are so easily able to be made without without meat and without dairy and stuff. Um, so it's been kind of cool to be able to dispel those things and kind of like question, well, what does it mean to be vegan and to be Mexican and kind of like at once uh kind of feeling like a little bit on the outskirts, like looking in? It's definitely been like a a a process of a lot of growth and understanding kind of like what it means what, what that means to me, what it means to other people, like how much our culture really is important for us and for our well being to kind of keep that intact, especially um not living in our, in your home country. Um and yeah, yeah, why, why, why it's so important for people who just decide to not eat meat for whatever reason, um, or dairy or whatever, to still be able to partake in, in those like very important, um, traditions. And just the fact that it like, it just makes you feel like you belong somewhere, um, especially not, not being in Mexico and being here and just kind of feeling like, yeah they say like not from here nor there so kind of like it's like those traditions that kind of like anchor you somewhere being vegan now and 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 seeing my my traditions through, through that lens has like really helped me understand why those uh traditions are so important for people why people hold on to their cultures so fervently I guess and it really is like a life source or it really is like just gives you a sense of belonging and Cause I, I mean, living, I grew up in a border town. So I kind of like always took my culture for granted because it was always there. And so I could just go to the fruteria and I could have my juices and my tortas and kind of take part in my culture that way. Or we could just cross the border and go get tacos and take part in my culture that way. And, uh, or even hearing Spanish as a language. Um, And things like that but just kind of realizing uh why people really honor like their recipes when when they have to leave home and move somewhere else and kind of like how important and how present uh, food is like as a medium to kind of connect with that part of yourself i wrote this uh, piece during the pandemic and i was living in new york at the time um i was just like really feeling nostalgic and kind of just, like, really missing um, Mexico and, like, its flavors and, like, just being there and, and um, the the feeling that I have, one has when, you know, you, you, you go back home or you go, you're in your home country and you kind of feel, like, a sense of, of belonging but also just, like, it's the, the flavors and the smells and the sounds just kind of, it's all, like, very familiar and it kind of just... I feel like a little more animated or something, like more colorful. <laughs> uh, so I think it was kind of like missing that, and um, and so that that's that's what this piece is is about. Um, it's called "Ode to Mexico." Mm-hmm. Cierro los ojos y me veo sentada en la entrada de un catedral. El aire pleno y lleno, un paraíso para el olfato. Arrullando flores de ca- alcatraz en mis brazos. Un cafecito para echarle ojo a la poesía de la bugambilia. Frente a la casa del Don Gael García Márquez. Que en paz descanse. Mastico mi corazón escurriendo de salsa amor como si fuera torta. Y me chupo los dedos de lo delicioso que está. En los Estados Unidos no saben cocinar así.
0: Thank you. That was really beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Amy Schuster, and Emily Hanhan. If you have a Genius Recipe with a surprising history in your own family, I would always love to hear from you at geniusfood 52com And if you like the Genius Recipe tapes and the Food 52 Podcast Network, and you want to help us keep making it better and better, the very best thing you can do to support us is to take a moment to leave us a rating or a review. Or tell a friend who you think would love rabbit-holing into the stories behind recipes as much as you do, and I do, if you haven't already. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week.